guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, whenever you're going through the Old Testament, I think there is value in periodically just calling time out and be like, okay, now where are we context-wise? Where are we? It's kind of like going to one of those scenic overlooks when you're going through all of these crazy places. You can be like, okay, where am I at here? So one of the things that the Come Follow Me curriculum has, and I've talked about these, and I'm a big fan of these things, is they have these things called thoughts to keep in mind. And it is, it's kind of like one of those where you just kind of come up and like, okay, where are we at? And it's kind of the you are here of the Old Testament. Because up to this point of the Old Testament, you know, we've had the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, which constitute the law. And then from there, you've got a history that takes place all the way to about Esther, where we've kind of gone through. And then all of a sudden, you've got different kinds of books. So now you've got books called poetry, which is Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And arguably, and probably not arguably, you've got also Isaiah, who is not only a prophet, He's a poet, which is one of the reasons why it's sometimes difficult to understand him. So in the Come Follow Me, like I said, they've got this section called Reading Poetry in the Old Testament, which is very valuable at this point in your study. Uh, it says, in the Old Testament books that come before the book of Job, we find mostly stories, kind of like what I was saying. Narrative accounts that describe historical events from a spiritual perspective. Noah built the ark. Moses delivered Israel. Hannah prayed to have a son, and so on. Beginning with Job, we find a different writing style as Old Testament writers turn to poetic language to express deep feelings or monumental prophecies in a memorable way. We've already seen a few examples of poetry sprinkled through the historical books of the Old Testament. And from the book of Job forward, we'll see a lot more of it. The books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs are almost entirely poetry, as are parts of the writings of prophets like, like I said, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Amos. Because reading poetry is different from reading a story, understanding it often requires a different approach. And what it does is it gives you some thoughts on how this kind of works out. Like using Isaiah as an example for a moment. Like I know that I'm a poet when I can rhyme things, right? That's kind of the way I look at it. And I also understand that not all poetry has to rhyme. But let me give you an example of the way Hebrew poetry worked. It's very parallelistic in a lot of ways. That's one example of it. For example, you go to Isaiah chapter one. This is a verse that a lot of people are familiar with. It is verse 18. It says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now you see the way this is broken up. It does it. it it's very comparative in nature. It's like, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And so that's just one of the ways that Isaiah speaks. Another one that you might be familiar with, especially if you are a Book of Mormon reader, which I hope we all are, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, which is also found in 2 Nephi chapter chapter 15, verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light 
and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So you see those parallels there where Isaiah is comparing some things. It's almost like a parable the way that Jesus taught. It's like he's taking one thing and comparing it to another. Now, what it says in the Come Follow Me, it says, this parallelism didn't happen by accident. The writers did it intentionally. It allowed them to express spiritual feelings or truths in a way that seemed to them both powerful and beautiful. So when you notice parallelism in the Old Testament writing, ask yourself how it helps you understand the writer's message. Now, there's a cool little part of here where it says Hebrew poetry as a new friend. I love this analogy. It may be helpful to you to compare reading poetry to meeting a new person. I think anybody who's served a mission and has served with a companion from a different culture will certainly appreciate this. For example, you might compare reading Old Testament poetry to meeting someone from a distant country and foreign culture who doesn't speak the same language we do and who happens to be over 2,000 years old. There's a nice little addition. This person will probably say things that we don't understand at first, but that doesn't mean he or she has nothing valuable to tell us. With some patience and some compassion, our new acquaintance can eventually become a dear friend. We just need to spend some time together trying to see things from his or her point of view. We may even find that in our hearts, we actually understand each other quite well. So the first time you read a passage from Isaiah, for example, consider it your first introduction to a new acquaintance. That's maybe why a lot of people struggle with Isaiah as they're reading through the Book of Mormon. Ask yourself, what is my general impression? How does the passage make you feel? Even if you don't understand every word, then read it again several times if possible. Some people find added meaning by reading the passages out loud. Notice specific words Isaiah chose, especially words that paint a picture in your mind, like the ones that I, I shared with you earlier. How do these pictures make you feel? What does the imagery suggest about how Isaiah felt? The more you study the words of these Old Testament poets, the more you will find that they deliberately chose their words and techniques to express a deep spiritual message. Now, as you study the poetry in the Old Testament, remember that scripture study is most valuable when it leads us to Jesus Christ. Look for symbols, imagery, and truths that build your faith in Him. Listen for promptings from the Holy Ghost as you study. Now, tomorrow we are introducing you to the book of Job. Now, Job is known as wisdom literature. It even says here, one category of the Old Testament poetry is what scholars call wisdom literature. Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes fall into this category. While Psalms express feelings of praise, mourning, and worship, wisdom literature focuses on timeless advice or deep philosophical questions. The book of Job, for example, explores the justice of God and the reasons behind human suffering. So we're going to start the book of Job tomorrow, and you're going to see some of these things that we talked about brought up. Job is a very poetic book, and you're going to see it as you study it, and you're going to love it. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.